shop. Let's talk it. The target is an armored truck at Perimeter Trust, 10 a.m. sharp. Switch car, baby. Hit the long state parking structure. Start in the a.m. Questions. I got a question, Doc. Why would I believe phones over here hear the goddamn word you said? He ain't even listening. Baby? The target is an armored truck at Perimeter Trust in Dunwoody, 10 a.m. sharp. The switch car is ready, but you want me to hit the long state parking structure and get a high vehicle that stays colder longer? It needs to be ready for an 8.30 start. Questions? You've been my driver for every job since we met. You're the best in the business. behind the wheel again. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Hey, baby. Why is he listening to music all the time? He had an accident when he was a kid. He's got mental problems? I'm the one who got the mental problems in the crew. Position take. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y, Baby. <laughs> in this business, the moment you catch feelings, the moment you catch a bullet. You are my lucky charm, and I'm not doing this job without you. You're a waitress girlfriend. She's cute. Let's keep it that way. I had to drop again. It's not what I want. And what do you want? To get out of here. You win. I'm in, baby. This should have won an Oscar, a podcast where we talk about films that, get this, should have won Oscars. Connor McPartland alongside younger brother and co-host Aiden McPartland. Say hi to the people, Aiden. Hello. Today, we will be talking about Baby Driver, released on June 28th, 2017. It had a budget of $34 million, made $227 million at the box office, written, directed, by Edgar Wright. Aiden, why should this movie have won an Oscar? Well, you see, Connor, you've seen, I, I think one of the reasons why this probably should have won a few Oscars is because this kind of story has been told so many different times. Maybe not this specific story, but a version of this story, like a bank robbing thing. But Edgar Wright completely changed it. You know, he did his own unique thing with it whether it be with like how the story is structured or how everything is kind of presented because with every awesome fight scene, there is a really cool song playing in it. And every single action that happens on screen is usually to the beat of that song. 
So I think that's just a really unique thing that nobody has really done before. And also, a thing that kind of annoys me with most action, this kind of action movie, is that I, it's always so choppy. But yet, for some reason, during the car chases, I always completely know where he is. Am I, am I getting a headache from all that? This movie is really cool. It is the definition of a cool movie. I don't know what it is about movies with drive in the title, but this, yeah. Drive, the movie, uh, uh, others that I'm not thinking of right now, they're just cool, man. Movies awesome. about bank robbing or just people who know how to drive cars really well, yeah. they're, just, they're just cool. But this is also, it almost feels like an homage and a parody yeah. of a type of movie mm-hmm. that Edgar Wright is making, which... We've seen him do before, zombie movie in Shaun of the Dead, cop movie in Hot Fuzz. We've seen him do it before, whatever, video game movies, yeah. I guess, in Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. right? So we've seen him do it before, but technically, the movie is really great, has yeah. a really great soundtrack, and also has a really great cast. I mean, we should mention kind of all-star cast, Ansel Elgort, Lily James, Isa Gonzalez, John Hamm, Jamie Foxx. And uh, that's it. I think that's it in the cast, right? Yeah. I think that's all the cast. Yeah. 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 John Bernthal at the beginning a little bit. For, mm-hmm. Oh, Flea. We forgot about Flea. Oh, yeah. The great Flea's Flea. in the movie yeah. a little bit. Oh, and uh, Kevin Spacey's in the movie for a little bit. Who? We'll talk about that. We'll, t- we'll, we'll talk about that later. Aiden, did you want to do a little uh, nerding out on the film editing in this movie? Well, I mean, I already kind of did it. Like, I, for so- I somehow, like, so- some movies have done this before, like Die Hard. Where it's edited in a way where I can completely understand where everything is. But also, a really smart thing in it is the music. And every single, essentially, like, action goes in time with the music. Like, there's a long take early in the movie where he's walking down a street. And you can just kind of see, like, everything kind of going to the beat of the music. Like, everything in everyday life when you're listening to a song. So it's kind of, like, unique in that way. Um... Let's talk a little bit about Edgar Wright because editing has become his trademark, yeah. I think, right? Everything, every single movie he does has a really weird and unique edit. Like in Hot Fuzz, when Simon Pegg is moving to that small town, the way it, that is presented, mm-hmm. no other movie has done that. The cop chase at the beginning the with the, the turn beginning. signals yeah. and everything. It's all so pleasing and satisfying when yeah. you hear all the noises and everything. It's, it's fast, but I know what is happening. Like right. in Baby Driver, is there's just like, and he has such an attention to detail on like how everything should look. Mm-hmm. Like you, the audience needs to know this. Like in Baby Driver, uh, right before the awesome on foot chase scene, uh, Baby hits the. Uh, Gas pedal? No, not Radio? gas pedal. No, the uh, turn. He turns off the passenger airbag that kills Jamie Foxx's character. Gotcha. But it's so quick, and yes. it took me like three watches to realize. Oh, he turned it off. We should mention that we've watched this movie a lot. This is a very rewatchable mm-hmm. movie yeah. in our household. I I don't know how many times I've seen the m- movie fully. Probably two or three. Uh, I've watched that scene many times yeah. that we've landed on it, and I did not. I've not noticed that ever. Yeah. I, so I, there you I, go. It, it took me forever to realize that that's what it was because it's so. It makes cool. sense now. I yeah. mean, it makes sense. Um, and in this movie, he's doing it to the songs yeah. as well. He's doing it to the tempo of the songs, which is something kind of saw it a little bit in Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. with their original music. But here he's taking music from other artists um, 
just a hodgepodge of songs. So many classics. Um, what was the best song used in the movie, Aiden? Ooh, I think it honestly is either between. I, I think it's close to three. The opening song in the beginning of the movie, Bell Bottoms, then Focus in the on foot chase. But I think the use of Britain Rock by Queen at the end of the movie, like the final showdown with John Hamm was really like the best use you could get out of that song. So I think maybe that one might be my favorite. I, I, I might agree with that. I might agree with that. What's the song that plays when he's walking, when it's a long take at the beginning? Harlem Shuffle. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, every, every single song just has like, it fits perfectly with the scene. Like Harlem Shuffle is a very groovy song and that's a very groovy scene where he's just walking down the street. It's weird. It's a very like colorful, vibrant movie. Yeah, the like, costumes and like the set design right. is like really out there. Like you think, and it's not just because the poster is like a pinkish orange, but you do think I think pinkish orange when I first think of this movie because yeah. that's just kind of like the mood they shot it, it entirely in Atlanta. That's kind of what they made Atlanta look like. Yeah, um, it's, it's in. I think one like I, for some reason. I, do you know when the movie takes place? No, that I mean that's the thing. That's it's another place reason in, why I like is because yeah. really. It could take place now and it wouldn't be that different. Right. It could take place, it could have taken place in 2017 or it could have taken place in like 2009 because yeah. it uses iPods. Yeah. It could really, it's, it's like most actors. You could either be uh, 50 or 20. Right. You know? like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Paul Rudd could be 25 yeah. or he could be 65. Um, let's talk about the cast a little bit because obviously Ansel Elgort plays uh, Baby. I'm, I'm going to, Invisible producer, timestamp this, okay? Timestamp this, invisible producer. I do not think Ansel Elgort is that good of an actor. I don't completely disagree with you. I don't think he's very good in this movie. I think he was the teen heartthrob and the fault in their stars and the divergent movies. And he just kind of slipped through the cracks. I mean, kudos to him for being able to go over the teen uh teen movie hump but I, I don't think he is that good in the beginning in the beginning when he's like he makes a ton of like frat boy faces that you just kind of yeah. want to punch like yeah. in the beginning when he's, he's he has a very punchable face right yes exactly when he's lip syncing to bell bottoms in the car at the beginning he's going uh, like i just wanted to punch him in yeah. the Face? In a lot of ways, I agree with you. I don't think he's that good of an actor. I argue this is probably his best performance, though, right. in his now, filmography. In fairness, he is young. I think yeah. he, he's like 29 or 30. He's got West Side Story coming out next year. Like, he's just starting his career in a yeah. lot of ways, and this was big for him. He got a Golden Globe nomination for this. Yeah. But I'm kind of disagreeing with you in a way that this really was he, a performance for him. Of course, there are some, like, frat boy things in there that I don't mm -hmm. like. But, like, him kind of being stone cold throughout the whole movie I thought worked really well the one thing I think worked worse in this movie is I don't buy him as a romantic lead that's interesting yeah I don't really buy even him though that's that. like the even Fall though the stars was his the beginning of his career right I don't really buy him much as a romantic lead it's it's just so interesting because then like the goldfinch it seemed like yeah. was gonna be his like straight role because it's the it's like not an action movie or anything it's not a teen movie or anything like that and then obviously that bombed i don't I didn't hear a lot about his performance in that originally the first time i watched the movie i didn't like lily james and then i've yeah, come same. to 
appreciate the performance a little more. She's not given much. Exactly. She's not given really anything to do. And, and what she's given with, she does pretty good Right. With. Oddly enough, I feel like that's where the parody kind of comes in from these types mm-hmm. of movies that Edgar Wright is doing. Because, I mean, I, the the relationship between Baby and Deborah in the movie is yeah. like the most skippable scenes in the movie. Yeah, I don't buy it that much. I really do. Do you think they it. have Ansel Elgort and Lily James have good chemistry? Not really good romantic chemistry. Okay. Like I never bought them that they like really love each other. Like in the in the scene where they're in the uh, dryer mm-hmm. place and they're dancing to a song, I didn't really buy that. Like, oh, they're in love now. I right. did not really buy that. Now, kudos to Lily James, because she is yeah. British, and she's doing yeah, the she's southern doing a pretty accent. pretty good, like, American accent. And she's, I feel like she's being, like, a, the stereotypical South girl, Southern girl. That is true. She's kind of playing an American, you know? Right. Like, she's really hammering that strong. And then the supporting cast, Isa Gonzalez, John Hamm, Jamie Foxx. And another dude. And, well, we'll get to that other dude in a second, but... Out of those three, who do you think gave the best performance out of those three? Probably John Hamm. Really? Okay. I just, Interesting. Maybe, I just really love John Hamm. He goes through two he goes phases through two in this phases movie. in the movie. Like kind of a every yeah, he goes through two phases. Like a in the beginning, he's kind of a father figure. He's kind of a father figure. Yeah. Like, you can tell that the first and foremost thing for him is his wife. Mm-hmm. And then when she dies, he becomes a psychopath. Right. And I buy him so much as that kind of person who just like is only focused on protecting his wife and also a psychopath. Yeah. And everything he's like, every line delivery in this movie that he does is really great. Like after the shootout scene where they're trying to buy the guns. Tequila. Tequila, the tequila fight scene. And he like tries to punch Jamie Foxx and it's like, you almost got my wife shot and I don't like that. For some reason, the way he says that makes me laugh. Yeah. And he says it so perfectly. It's the I don't like that part of yeah. that line, I think. Um, I think the scene in the diner after mm-hmm. everything's yeah. happened is one of the most rewatchable scenes in the movie. And that's where the, he's really, really great. I love scene. that kind of John Hamm, just the broken John Hamm. When he looks to the TV and sees that yeah. Isaac Gonzalez is, is dead and they yeah. report on it. Because like you can tell in his face that he doesn't care if he makes it out alive. Mm-hmm. He just wants revenge. Right. He's basically a walking zombie at this point. Mm-hmm. He's already dead, but he's just, he needs one yeah. accomplishment left. Jamie Foxx is, is, Oh, great too. He's great. Yeah. Um, he's go- he goes a little over the top sometimes. Oh, really? You think so? I mean, sometimes, yeah. Some not a whole yeah. lot of over the top, but like when he's trying, when he's insulting baby, that's when it's kind of like over the top. A the bit. the tip that Ham has is that he does change characters, and Jamie Fox is more or less the same character the mm-hmm. entire time, yeah. and it's a character we've seen him play before. Yeah, I think. Um, and then Isa Gonzalez is great he's too. Good. Yeah. Um. Kevin Spacey, let's talk about him real quick. Because yeah. he's uh, he's about three months away from getting replaced by Christopher Plummer in <laughs> All the Money in the World. I always forget about that weird fact. That weird man. That weird fact. And the fact that they would have gone with him. Right. That's weird to me. Um, I don't, does, does it bother you that much? Because he's not in the no, movie that much. Really. He's, yeah, he's not in the movie that much. He Well, he does have a big part. I think that it's not enough to right. make me feel like this is unwatchable right. or like weird to watch. Right. I think he's in it like a, a good amount of time to where the to the point where I can like not really think about it that much. 
So let's talk about the Oscars then. Let's talk about it. So this was, of course, for the 2018 Oscars. This movie was actually nominated for three Oscars. Mm, but didn't win any. Best film editing and then best sound editing and sound mixing long ago when those were two separate mm. categories. Uh, Aiden's happy about that now because he doesn't have to explain yeah. to me the I don't know why you're time. still so confused. I'm, I, I, I still don't get it. I lost all three to Dunkirk. I don't know if you remember because this was really the first Oscars. That we'll, yeah. Well, we should say, by the way, um, 2017 in the top two movie years of the decade. Absolutely. I think it's 2017 or 2019. Yeah, ab- absolutely. There's no question. Weird how the two best movie years of the decade came in the later part of the year when everyone said that big superhero movies were taking over film I know, and that there and wasn't then, any like, original story. Yeah. And then Netflix and Hulu come out and they make all these original stories that nobody else makes. Um, but this was the first Oscars that you and I that actually I, yeah. got I remember into. staying up for, I remember watching those Oscar nominations. Yeah. So I don't remember if, you or I don't remember. I don't know if you remember, but they had Ansel Elgort and Isa Gonzalez come out to present uh, sound editing and sound mixing, yeah. and that's the Academy trying to trick us. Like, there's no way they would have the two people starring one of the movies yeah. nominated and not award that movie. But alas, those two went to Dunkirk. I think you could see both of them just be super <laughs> upset by the second one mm-hmm. and then it also loses film editing to dunkirk so it loses all three um they love their loud war movies well that's, they do that's what i got out of that they do and i mean also it should be mentioned that i Tanya was also only nominated for best editing in a non-acting category mm-hmm. yeah we'll talk about that movie probably at a, at a certain point in the show um 2017 a lot of snubs but great movies a lot of snubs and We'll kind of get into that with Best Picture, but I mean, it was the best editing, I think, was robbed. Absolutely. Dunkirk, it's a war movie, so obviously it's going to have great editing, but Baby Driver is, like, so fast. It's so yes. fast. I was never not looking away from the screen. And then uh, Best Picture, the nominees that year, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. In the moment, Darkest Hour was a WTF nomination. Yeah. It was clear by that point that Gary Oldman was going to win the Oscar Mm -hmm. for Best Actor, but the fact that it got a Best Picture nomination... Is still insane. And now... I don't think anybody's talked about that movie past February 20-whatever of 2018. I honestly feel like a week after the Oscars, everyone forgot about Darkest Hour. It's it's so weird to think about that 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 got (laughs) nominated. nominated. And obviously, uh, other people bring up the post. I have actually seen the post twice now, in fairness. Mm -hmm. I saw it when it came out, and then I saw it in school on those weird, like, watching it within the span of five days mm-hmm. within the span of five you class periods, doing that. which is no way to watch a movie um and i had to answer like questions on a worksheet which is the worst too oh, that ruins the experience that's always like we're gonna watch a movie today in class yeah. kids and but there's a worksheet that you have to do along uh-huh. with that yeah um suck. but i do think that the the post is like way more i think the post, I think, looking back, kind of makes sense. It's like the a movie that the Oscars would kind of adore. Spielberg, Hanks, Streep, right. ensemble cast about uh, an event that had happened that I'm sure most of them had experienced at the time. Right. I I also think it's just more, I don't know, more entertaining than Darkest Hour yeah. is. 
So that would probably be the one, right? That you would take out and you would put in, in Darkest Hour? Baby Driver. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if I, if any of them were to go and you would put in Baby Driver, I would say Darkest, Darkest Hour, Hour would be the yeah. one. Yeah. Um, really solid uh, seven movies for Best Picture nominees. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you make the case anyone in the cast could have gotten nominated? Could you make the case for Ham or Fox getting a supporting actor nomination? The supporting actor nominees that year were hold on a second Willem Dafoe The Florida Project Woody Harrelson Three Billboards Outside Ebbing Missouri Richard Jenkins The Shape of Water Christopher Plummer All the Money in the World and Sam Rockwell Three Billboards Outside Ebbing Missouri Sam Rockwell ended up winning could you make the case Uh, for Ham or Fox I think you could make the case for either one of them I think more Ham than Fox Fox kind of falls under the Woody Harrelson of he dies too quickly in the Mm -hmm. movie yeah the Oscars do that sometimes right Alan Arkin for Alan the Sunshine. Yeah. Um, the fact that he won is just really weird. Really, really weird. It's really, really weird. The I, fact that you look at like Steve Carell and Greg Kinnear in that movie yeah. and Paul Dano and you're and like, And then you're like, Alan Arkin. Let's give it to he's Alan good. Arkin. I honestly thought when watching Little Miss Sunshine, I was like, he's not dead. He, he's he's he got to have more back. screen time. He won for the Oscar. Oscar winner. He won the Oscar. Um, so you're, you know to him getting nominated right well i don't know who i'd really take out in fairness gotcha okay but we do think that it was robbed of a best film editing yes it should have won that um any final thoughts on baby driver it's a fun movie it's a really entertaining movie if you haven't checked it out yet you should um so that was this episode of This Should Have Won an Oscar. Next episode, we will be talking about game nights. Ooh. So be sure, 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 be sure, sure to tune in. Be sure to turn in next time, guys. <laughs> be sure to come on. Are you doing Kermit or are you doing like... Come on. Should I do a smash the like button? Uh, if you want to. So if we just smash that like really button. Cringy, go ahead. Smash that like button. Um, and don't forget to drop a comment below. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so game night is will be our next episode. Be sure to tune into that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.